0: You're rocking the, the jet green right now, Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were rich, Eisen. The second will be, I see, Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn
1: wind is caused by global warming.
0: <laughs> uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmar.
2: I do love watching Tebow play, I mm-hmm. gotta say. He just he combines all oh, the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the, uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. And. Uh,
0: I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. This is what we would call an unprecedented podcast. First of all, I've never worn a tie for the podcast, but (laughs) with my esteemed panel of guests on this podcast, as suited and booted as they are, I had to do this. Uh, We are here at the Emmett Smith Charity Golf Tournament, third annual Emmett Smith Charity Golf Tournament. And I'm uh, honored to be hosting this tonight uh, in honor of the 92 championship, Dallas Cowboys' 20th anniversary of the first of three Super Bowls in the 90s of Dallas Cowboys. And I'm pleased to have the host of the event, Emmett Smith. Good to see you, sir. You too, as well. Your quarterback, Troy Aikman. Good to see you, Troy. Thank you. And the playmaker, Michael Irvin. Good to see you. Always, my The triplets together on one interview. Do you guys... Do you guys often do this? Does this happen? How often does this happen? Was it the Super Bowl? You Was know, it the 92 yeah. Super Bowl last time we really <laughs> that's the last time these three guys sat together for an interview?
1: Yeah. You know, so, uh, no, we've done it. We've done did it we before. Do that we, we, that? we probably have done it more than you'd think. Only okay. Because, well, I say that not as much maybe as what a lot of people think. We've we've gotten together. When, I think the last time. we got together we, when Emmitt went into the Hall of Fame. We right, also did it for. That's We
2: also did it for. That's right. For, right um, you also right. did it for the uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. right. yeah.
1: Well, I just, so yeah. I'm just, well, it's you the first time. Run. I'm done it with you. Oh, it's the first oh. time with me. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's a, it's a, I was this is trying new to, territory. I was that, going
0: yeah. for podcast wow. exclusive. You know, Mike. We're, I'm just trying to brand. Yeah, that's yeah, the first time we've done a it okay. it first time ever done it on a podcast. This is my first time doing a
2: podcast with you. So it's awesome. I appreciate you. I feel very honored right now.
0: Well, right back at you for being here for this event. What can you believe? Twenty years have gone by. Since it is. It Super is amazing.
2: Uh, it, it, it truly is amazing uh, when you think about the time that has gone by. But it has gone by like that. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine or even believe. Like seven years ago, I was still playing, and um, and now it's twenty years since we had our very first Super Bowl. And you know, these guys here have families, and I have families now. It's, it's a little different. Life is different than it was when I was 22. <laughs> right. So it's it's way different now. 20 years, Troy,
0: since your first Super Bowl. What does it mean to hear that number when you hear think about it?
1: Well, you know, it's uh, for the first time in my life, I, I, I'm starting to uh, feel like I am, you know, uh, old. You know? <laughs> right? Not because of the 20, just in general. So this this didn't come at a necessarily great right. time, you know, for me. But you know, what's interesting, Rich, is you is you're always told that there's a lot of life left when you get done playing football and when you're playing you don't you don't think of it really in those terms i mean you're just immersed in the in the you know the plane and and all that goes with that in your career and you don't think about it uh... but there really is a lot of life left when you're done and for that to have happened twenty years ago uh... it's 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 hard to kind of put your arms around and say gosh we've we've we did that a long time ago. We've been out of the game a long time, and uh, it, and most people that are watching this don't remember '92 and uh. don't remember. <laughs> that freaks me <laughs> out. I think there's Brian man. Kids, <laughs> I <laughs> don't say to
3: me, "Oh yeah, hey, you're that football player." I said, "Yeah, yeah." From the move, Alex. Like, no, no, no. I'm a real football player. got the move. I'm you know. So and is that you know what's interesting though is we as we look back, we always thought. You know, I was you, as a young kid, you're like man, I was how sweet it. I won't regret anything. I'll be fine. I'll have fun. But you look, man, we're blessed, man. We're here talking about winning one and, and celebrating one, and we won three. But I promise you, as not a Sunday goes by that I say, well, we should have won five, won six, <laughs> you know, and put this thing way out of reach. I don't know why. It's just every Sunday sitting on that desk with you, and, you know, you start getting those feelings again. I'm like, oh. We should have won five. We should have won six. You know, it was a great time, and I still believe we should have squeezed more out of
2: it. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, um, and, and it's hard to even think about it when you're actually playing the game, like Troy is talking about, uh, because you you really try to capture the moment, but it's hard for you to capture the moment when you're in the moment. And so the difficult part about it is is is, is that you always believe like, okay, we'll get it, we'll get it next time. But you have to truly take advantage of the moments when you have them because next time things change, players leave, players come in. Uh, The chemistry of the team is no longer the same. You have to build that new chemistry every, every year. And so uh, you really, truly have to capture the moment and take full advantage of the opportunities when you actually have them.
0: Let's start from the beginning, if we can. You were there first, Michael. You were there first. What was it like when you first arrived with the Dallas Cowboys? (laughs)
3: Well, you know, for me, first, it was an honor, certainly, to be drafted by one of the, the greatest coaches to ever play in this league, to ever, to ever coach in this league, and Tom Landry. And, and to get here, of course, you know, you're coming in as a young guy, not fully aware that at this level is different. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> thinking, I said, oh, I'll get there, I'll fix it, we'll go win some Super Bowls. Man, I got my head kicked in every week. We got our heads kicked in. And, you know, I was crying, actually really crying. And, and then the next year we drafted Troy. And I was like, oh, okay, now I got me somebody. We're good. Well, that's all I need. Just give me the ball and I can go from there. We were getting our ears kicked in. But the good thing is I saw he was crying too. It bothered him <laughs> too. So, so now we got something to work with. But then after we got it, you know, yeah, even that first year with him, and, and, you know, we were good. I felt like we were coming together. We had an officer coordinator. But when Jimmy brought in Norv Turner, I thought Norv and what he was doing, everything fit our talent best. And that from that point on,
0: we took off. What was your first meeting with Michael like, Troy, when you first met him?
1: You know, I don't remember our, our first meeting. Uh, I do recall, you know, I, I played against him in college. In fact, was playing Miami when I, when I broke my leg, which then forced me to transfer from Oklahoma and then go to UCLA, which really kind of jump-started you know, my entire career. And so I saw him then. Uh, I went to Thousand Oaks. I was going into my senior year at UCLA, and he, as he said, was drafted by the Cowboys, but they had training camp in Thousand Oaks. And so I went out there one day. I had some buddies of mine that were on the UCLA team that were now rookies uh, for the Cowboys, and and I remember watching him, and, yeah, he's running around and and slamming the ball and spiking it after a catch. This is in practice. This 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 is a training camp practice. All the things I thought about Michael from college were now confirmed watching him in person on the practice field and I thought, man, this guy's the most arrogant SOB there is. You know? <laughs> I mean, and then I <laughs> I come to the Cowboys and you realize in a, in a in a real short period of time that, yeah, this guy is flamboyant, you know, he's he's confident, but he's about the team and and he's working his tail off. You know, most of those guys, and that's what that's what I've always said, every guy on our team will tell you the same thing. That Michael had the personality and all the things that a lot of current players and former players would be criticized for, but he had the work ethic to go along with it and was the hardest working guy. So he, my, I, I loved him from day one, you know, and like he said, that, you know, I knew he wanted to win, he knew I wanted to win, and so it was, a, it, was a, it was a great relationship, and when I wanted to go throw balls, he was out there catching them, you know, and he was staying afterwards and doing all those types of things, and you know, we weren't very good, you know, my first year, and Michael got hurt. Uh, but then here comes Emmett, you know, the very next year, and I played against Emmett in college uh, in the Aloha Bowl, and some teammates of mine—I uh, was a senior, he was a freshman—they said when uh, when they got out of that game, man, the toughest guy we've tried to tackle in all the years here in college was Emmett Smith, and so we knew he had you know talent. Now, do you think he's going to go on to be the all-time leading rusher? Right. You know, n- n- no, right. but uh, we felt that some things were starting to come into place, and then and then with Norv. He just was he was the he was the guy who kind of just pulled it all together as the architect that that made it happen, you know, and all three of us at one point or another have have said that without North Turner none of us would have gone on to do what we did.
0: And so Emmett, you've got uh, Michael who arrived first and then when Troy comes in, Landry basically gets the axe, let's be honest. The 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 all time great Tom Landry gets the axe. Jimmy Johnson comes in You didn't do very well that year as well. Drafting the first, you now enter this equation. What were your thoughts coming off the campus at Gainesville entering this situation? I was,
2: like, so excited just to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys because this is the team that I've always wanted to play for as a young kid. And now to be drafted by a team that I absolutely loved as a a young person uh, was an amazing moment for me. I didn't even think about the 1-in-15 season until I got here (laughs) and then once I got here I saw what Jimmy was trying to do I had the one thing you have to do when you have a great leader like Jimmy Johnson and many others out there you absolutely have to buy into the system you have to really give up of yourself and the way that you think about certain things and give it a shot and for me I was cool with it because Jimmy reminded me of my high school coach Dwight Thomas and so being a rookie I'm naive to the fact anyway I just thought this is the way we work anyway so at the end of the day, I was excited about not only having the opportunity to play with a great quarterback like Troy Aikman, but also I I, I got tired of getting beat by a Miami in college, so I knew exactly what type of <laughs> team and what type of player Michael Irvin was. And so my father said something to me the day that I got drafted. He said, Son, he said, y'all gonna be a, y'all gonna become a very good team. He said, You got a quarterback, you have a wide receiver, you will have an offensive line, and you will become a better football player because of that. And Rightfully so. Uh, my father's not a man of many words, but when he makes statements, he makes some profound statements. And ironically, uh, like Troy said, with Norv guy here, things came together. I mean, he put it together like, like Legos and he laid it out. And he told me just eat. All you have to remember is check swing, check swing, <laughs> check the wheel check the safety, check the <clears throat> corner, and then swing. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that's how simple it was for me. And so I was just ecstatic just to be here. I didn't even think about the 1-15 season.
3: Came in running, running and running.
2: Right in it with
3: after the game, man, I'm like, feeling good. I said, E, you're young right now. Go get your some rest on Monday. Go get you some rest, you know. A few years later, he got smart. You know, he was Monday, he'll start taking care of himself. He goes to take care of himself. He's real smart about that. When he when he first got drafted, or Emmett came in. Now I was, you know, I look back. I'm embarrassed. I came in with the big old gold mm-hmm. necklace, and I'm talking about everything. But Emmett came in with them MC Hammer pants, right? <laughs> and he was. I mean, I was like, "Who's this dude right here?" You know? Okay, they're talking about me, but what is this we got right here? He <laughs> yeah, had those MC Hammer pants well, on.
2: So. But no one, man. Mike, no that one was, runs like. This that company. that was before my million dollar contract. That's what exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you I, oh, it. <laughs> oh, season, had it. Oh, oh! After one season,
3: he called me. That's what he called. He called me out this, I guess, what ninety-one season. We had a pretty good season. He it, led it was after, uh, after Detroit. the first year with North. Yeah. And he's driving home from Dallas to his to Pensacola, to, to, to to Florida, and he called. He me three in the morning. Hey, man, what's up, E? He said, "Man, I'm just driving home, man. I'm not just want to tell you, man, you know, we had a great season, man. We're gonna do it again next year, spring." I said, "E, hey, what are you talking about, eat I said, "E, it's three in the morning, man. So, yeah, I'm not just shy about your E. You're in the pros. Nobody drives home." What are you doing, man? That's what that, that's him, man. He drove his car to Pensacola, floor.
0: I don't know what's more surprising about that story—that you were driving yourself home, or that you were awake. At three home. in the morning, you were home way asleep at three, at three in the morning. I,
1: I don't know what I don't know what's more a of a surprising fact. That's not the surprise.
0: Problem. Yeah, no.
2: Home at three in the morning. I don't know what's more
0: surprising about that fact.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> why do you think I call him at three?
0: <laughs> I, knew I, I catch
2: him. him up. I If it was eight or eleven o'clock in the morning? Yeah.
0: No, No. you got voicemail. Straight to voicemail. Uh, before we get to the championship seasons, the um, Jimmy Johnson, you guys talk about how you know somebody comes up to you and sees, knows you're a football player from the longest yard and you know knows maybe even you from dancing even or you from being a broadcaster without knowing the full breadth of your Hall of Fame careers. They see Jimmy Johnson, he's that guy in the gray hair on Fox seem so laid back love and loving life, you know, just chilling out, right? He's sort of like a chill sort of presence there on, on the studio set at Fox. What was Jimmy Johnson like as a head coach?
1: Well, he was, he was intense. I mean, uh, he was very demanding. Uh, the, the guy I've gotten to know, you know, after he got out of coaching is, is a far different guy than the one I knew uh, as the Cowboys coach. What I've learned is, is he's still the same guy. You know, those that knew him, the staff and and others, friends of his, that's who he was to them all the time, a guy who really enjoyed himself, liked having a good time. But he was was good in front of us, just being very demanding and uh, was not afraid of conflict. And, you know, uh, and I think because of that, I think if you look at the history of the game, you know, who the great coaches are, by and large, they're guys that were, you know, pretty tough guys, demanding. You know, uh, difficult to get to know. Uh, Jimmy was Jimmy was all those things, and, and he would tell you that, that one of the reasons why he got out of coaching when he did was that he was tired of being the bad guy. Well, when you when I heard that, you he thought, but he was so good at it. You know? <laughs> he was <laughs> excellent at being the bad guy. <laughs> and not once did I ever think that he didn't like being the, the bad, bad guy. Being the bad guy, you thought he
2: enjoyed being yeah. the bad guy.
1: And then when you're around him now, when you go see him in Florida you realize that that's not him. The bad guy is not Jimmy. Jimmy's the guy, he's the life of the party. He's the guy laughing and cutting up and having a good time, wanting to make sure everybody else is having a good time. So uh, he, he <laughs> did what he needed to do for us to win. And I think that part of it too, was that he was trying to prove himself and there was a lot of pressure on him. So it wasn't like it was it was all uh, out of character for him to be that way. But uh, he was the right guy for us at the right time. <laughs> and uh, you know, I always say, Hey, there's there's a lot of coaches who go out there not to lose. And you know, Jimmy went out there to win and wasn't afraid of uh, the consequences of making the tough call. I
2: have this vivid image of uh, Jimmy right now just chewing the players behind out, then walking out of the room with his back turned to everybody else and going down the hall laughing his behind off. <laughs> because, really? Yeah, I, I just have this vision because what George just said. Because I knew... After having a conversation with him, this is what he had to do in order to get everybody in, 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 in the position that he wanted them in. One of, the th- one of the moments I remember uh, in terms of a confrontation with Jimmy was my rookie year. We were having a two-minute drill, and we had to call timeout. And I called the ball, and I knew it was first down, and I knew we spiked the ball in time. And Jimmy called timeout. He was mad. He was walking out to the field. And I'm walking the Coach, I called it. First down, et cetera, et cetera. No, get your butt into the huddle. He embarrassed me in front of my teammates, and I was mad at him for about two days. And we passed each other in the hall, and I wouldn't say much to him. I just keep on moving. Then one day we passed each other. He said, "You still mad at me, huh?" I'm like, "Yeah, Coach. Why are you gonna front me out like that in front of everybody?" He said, "That wasn't for you." He said, "I wanted everybody on that football field to know if I can get on one of my best players, that the rest of them don't have a chance." And I understood. I said, "Point well taken." And that told me a lot about him. It told me what I needed to do for myself. I need to keep myself in check, and I need to do what he wanted me to do so I can help him push things along as well. But that's what I learned about the man, and, and I knew right then and there that I'm like, okay, I got you. I understand what you're trying to get accomplished. Yeah, one
3: of, one of the I will say, you know, and, and, and I've been with Jimmy for a long time and have had success with him at the college level and certainly at the pro level. And, and, and through my years, one thing I will say is Jimmy, uh, he's demanding and he sets expectations. And he expects you to meet him. Doesn't hope for you to meet him. Doesn't wish you to meet him. He expects you to meet them. And really, when you give a bunch of young guys that kind of, here's what we're doing. This is how it's going to come down. People follow that. Mm-hmm. I, I think people follow that. What we're, I, I think Jimmy is about order. And when you bring when you bring order, everything works smoothly. And a lot of times you see things disorder. Uh, people saying everything and anything, I would never, he, he wouldn't, forget me, I, I'm not going at Troy, he won't allow you to go at Troy, he, that's him. That's a, the that's a quarterback and him thing, like he, he's not allowing you to come at him, because that sets the order for the whole team, and that's what he did, and it, and it worked, and it worked. I didn't know that until times after he was here, and, and you know, <laughs> and mm. things weren't
0: as orderly, and then you start recognizing the gifts of Coach Johnson. The championship years, which one, can you ch- choose one? Which one do you think is the most impressive? I think the very first one. The 92, the one that we're here to celebrate. I think the
2: very first one. There's nothing sweeter than that very first one. Um, I mean, think about it. None of us has actually played in the Super Bowl. And I can almost guarantee you, as a young man, we all aspire to that moment. And we've all went through the ranks of life to get to the National Football League, let alone to go through a 16-game schedule, then, then the playoff schedule. Then to play up against one of the greatest teams like the San Francisco 49ers out there on the road and win that game to to have the honor to go play in our very first Super Bowl, it was an amazing, amazing experience. My heart could not stop beating. I felt like I was about to have a heart attack. I was more exhausted during pregame warm up than I've ever been in any game throughout the regular season. I felt like I was out of shape going into the Super Bowl. How crazy is that? After <laughs> Did you finally get there. To and finally get there. because And I think it was more of the anxiety that I had or the uh, working myself up to in a frenzy just to play that game. Uh, I spent a lot of energy just trying to get myself ready to go play in that game and not wanting to lose it. Well, it's a culmination of the whole journey. Yeah. That
3: first
0: Super Bowl. Do so you agree? Oh, God. know all the three, I mean, because back-to-back, back, that's yeah, impressive. Yeah. Then you do it again after not making it. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty
1: impressive. Too. 90, 92, I mean, we ninety one we went eleven and five and made the playoffs and won a playoff game and and so that was that was a good season to come off of into the ninety two season. We knew we were we knew we were good, we had high expectations, we expected to go to the playoffs. Jimmy had kinda uh thrown out the goal that we, we needed to get to the championship game or it would be a disappointing season for us and you know, we went thirteen and three and, and obviously had an excellent regular season uh record and played good ball and but we didn't really we were still young. I mean I was in my fourth year, Michael's in his fifth, Emmett's in his third, and we were the youngest team in football. And so we knew we were good, but we really didn't know how good we were. And like Emmett said, I know when we went in to play San Francisco in the championship game, you know, they were the veteran team. Joe Montana was still on the team. Steve Young was starting that year. And uh there was a lot of controversy with that. But they were uh they were supposed to win the game. It was seasoned. Yeah and we and 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 I didn't even give any thought to winning the game I just thought hey we'll go out and play and whatever happens happens you know but the thought of going out and winning that game never even really entered my mind it was just that right well not that I went out and thinking we're going to lose it just was one of those games where we're just like man this is pretty cool we're in the championship game we're playing the 49ers and you know they've done so much you know during their uh, during their run and and then you know the game ends and it's coming to an end and I remember then thinking Wow, well, we get ready we're to go going to the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> it never hit me. It never really hit me that if we win this game, we're going to the Super And then, it, wow, we're going. So, you know, that made that year really special, and it made it special for all the fans in Dallas. You know, because it was the first time, and no one really knew what to expect. And then after that, you know, expectations changed. It was still great. '93 was great, and Emmett was League MVP and led the league in rushing, and, and you know, had a great year. And it was a great year for us, but. It changes, you know. I mean, because the expectations changed, and uh, and that's fine too. But that first year is uh, that first year is pretty tough to beat, and uh, we'd lose players, and backups would come in, and then they'd go on and be Pro Bowl players. I mean, it wasn't until five or six years down the road that we really look back on that '92 team. We're going to see a lot of these guys tonight that yep. you say, "Well, we were loaded. Yeah, you know, we were loaded with players, and uh, and we didn't know how good we were. And would we have won more Super Bowls? You know, I don't know, because it's hard. It, it, winning a Super Bowl is hard. It is hard to do, you know. And anyone who's ever done it would tell you that. It happened early for us, but but we as players knew it was hard. But whether we would have won more Super Bowls or not, uh, to me, is not the point. Uh, what would have happened is we would have been really good and we would have been banging on the door uh, for a long time. And I think that we would have knocked it down a few times, and I think we would have probably won a few more Super Bowls, but more importantly, we would have been, you know, rather than that window being a six-year period, uh, I, I think it could have been a 10, 11, 12-year period.
0: But why wasn't it then? Let's get into the craziness. Is that basically what happened? Because it's all off-the-field stuff, changing coaches, all the stuff well, going on? I think on. that the
1: the chemistry of it all began to change, you know, because when we lost really? Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, you know, the argument of Jimmy and Jerry, that that can go on forever. I mean, they write books about that. That's fine, but... For us, Jimmy was the guy we answered to. You know, we weren't worried about who Jimmy answered to, but for us, we answered to Jimmy, and Jimmy's the, Jimmy, in our eyes, was the guy who put it together, and he's the one we, you know, that, that we had to deal with. Well, when that changed, then you know, everything started changing a little bit, and we, you know, we started to slide a little bit. You know, Michael was talking about uh, the demands of Jimmy and what he expected. Well, uh, when you start to lose that edge... However slight it is, you know, then then there's that other team who is hungry and they're gaining that edge. And you know, they're looking,
2: so. they're looking
3: for that crack too yeah. in the armor. And we needed it. We needed. It. it was a real choice to be real. Troy's and Emmitt, these good guys, but we had a whole bunch of other guys. That, and Jimmy brought it all together. They mm-hmm. kept it well and kept us focused. And I, I think that's what the great thing when you talk. But for me, guys, that first Super Bowl was so special. Because it was a culmination of everything. Never again in any other Super Bowl will we walk in a room and think through all the pain that it took to get there. The times that we've had those team-only meetings and said we got to put a stop to this. We're going to do this. And then you go out and they kick your head in again the next week and you don't know what to do. You know, that first Super Bowl, you come in, You're thinking about all of that, like, wow, you know, I can't believe we've come through all of that to get to that point. So it's not to diminish those other two, but that moment you can only suck in one time, and it's such a moment to look around that locker room at that time. That that was an incredible, incredible
0: thing at that moment. But it was a major palpable difference with Barry Switzer. Yes? No?
2: Well, Just a
0: major palpable difference in the locker room with Barry Switzer or – because at least that's the way it was looked from the outside of things, from people.
1: I, I, yeah, you, know, you, know, you turn to the quarterback it, to answer it's, that it's, one. It's an unfair – it wouldn't I, matter I, if it was Barry or anybody else. The, right. the Just imagine is, it just wasn't Jimmy. Is well, how, do you, how do you take over a team that just won back-to-back Super Bowls? You know, no matter what right. you do, I mean, he was caught in, an, in a, really yeah. a no-win situation. And, and that's not me being diplomatic or anything like that. It's just, you know, when he comes in, okay, so now he's going to do it the way he wants to do it. After a team who's done, you know what we had done, and so he really was, as as he said, is, hey, I'm I'm driving the bus, and I'm just trying not to to screw it up. Well, I I think that that any coach would have come in and had the the same approach, and that's hard. You know, it's hard to then demand things from guys when you're just trying not to screw it up. You know, it's hard. That's a hard position to be in. Unprecedented. I mean, who, you know, the and I know when when. Uh, uh, George Seifert took over there uh, in San Francisco for Bill Walsh. Entirely different. I mean, Walsh retired; it had, had enough, and then he steps in, and he'd been on the staff, and he'd been there, and so you know. But but back to back Super Bowls, and then the, you know the coach, whether he got fired or he quit or whatever, you know, the drama was there, and the very next day, that, you know, so it was just a, it was a strange deal. In all of that is, when I point back to those years, the thing that Jimmy would always say to us is at Pro Bowl time there was always going to be players who felt that they had Pro Bowl years but didn't get voted in, right? Jimmy would always talk to the team and say to the whole team, hey, I know some of you are disappointed, you felt like you deserved to get into the Pro Bowl, but hey, if we achieve what we want to achieve as a team, there will be enough credit to go around for everybody. And the reason we won three Super Bowls, Emmett, myself, Michael, Darrell Johnston, Darren Woodson, Charles Haley, go through the whole list of guys, Everybody kind of just said, hey, okay, we're going to sacrifice a little individually. But the guy telling us that and the owner of the club, they couldn't do that. And that's the disappointing thing to me, that that's what was preached to us. And yet the two guys who really ran the club, uh, they couldn't, unfortunately, you know, put their differences aside for the betterment of the team. I think if it were to happen today, uh, I, I think that both those guys would have handled it far differently hmm. because they both would have understood what we had.
3: And, put the troops together, you know? I mean, and that means he knows exactly what everybody does and what they do best, not just physically, but he knows what's best to push the button to get the guys where he needs to get them. That's the part I think people misunderstand. And it's not a slack on anybody else, it's just that for lack of a better way of announcing it, we were Jimmy babies. We were his babies. Right. He grew us. He knew how to make us. He, he had me since I was really a pup, and I'm probably the one that needed all the guidance, the most guidance. So, you know, it just speaks to what he was. He knew how to talk and work with Troy. He knew how to talk and work with him. He would come out and say, "How you guys doing? How you guys doing right? He turned Nate or somebody. Nate, how you doing? He said, "Well, coach, I, you get your butt ready to play. I don't care about that." <laughs> you know, he would know who to jump on exactly. at what moment, and ain't nobody saying a word. You know. He, and Barry, God bless him, Gary, Barry would treat, try to treat you like a man. Yeah. That means I'm expecting you to do and be where you're supposed to be and do and all of those things. And the reality is everybody's not like that. Everybody. Some people just need a little more pushing, and Jimmy knew those guys
2: that need a little more pushing. One of the things I learned through that whole process was uh, very similar to what Mike just mentioned uh, and Troy himself uh, in terms of Barry. I think the unique thing was that that year when Jimmy got released for whatever reason it was, I think it sent a shockwave entirely throughout the entire team. But not only that, but then when Barry come in and Barry's just saying to you now, it's totally different philosophy. I expect you guys to be men, and I expect you to handle your business like men. And like Mike's saying, a lot of us probably couldn't handle that from a maturity standpoint, so the rope itself got a little longer. It wasn't a short leash at that that, that anymore. And so throughout that time frame, I think players got, got a little bit more leeway and the focus was a little gone. Uh, we were more, uh, distracted in a way or not as committed in a way, but when we lost in that NFC championship game against San Francisco, I think the focus came back.
3: What well, became something that no, be- we got to prove exactly. that we are who we are exactly. And, and, it's and not I think that we-, we got led and couldn't do it by. Uh, so now the focus changed from that standpoint. Yeah. All right. Now we'll show you guys that we can do it because I, I know, I remember that pain. Yeah. I remember that was painful pain because more. We, we've done all of that and everybody's saying, Oh, I guess they're, guess they're not where they are. It was all Jimmy. And now I was like, well, wait a minute now. Wait, okay, and the fight was between Jimmy and Jerry, now you're going to exclude the work we've done too? Wait a minute. So, uh, I so think, you know, that, that next
2: year we got a chance to get on I the think field. we got refocused. Yeah. And it hurts so much to see that San Francisco team in Miami.
3: Oh, that killed me. We, we, we felt yeah, like we should have okay, been in Miami yeah, with him. Oh, that's for my MVP.
2: We I felt like we should have been, been in Miami for him.
3: That. Uh, and,
2: that was and, and, he got and, his in LA. I
3: told him we can't come to Pensacola. Atlanta was the closest we can get. <laughs> yeah. He got his in Atlanta. I
2: was supposed to get mine that in year at home in Miami. And when that did not I'm happen, sure, yeah. I, I think I think oh, the focus changed. Really? It changed, and we wanted to prove it to ourselves. I still, oh no! <laughs> it still hasn't gotten over.
0: <laughs> yes. And,
3: and, and which? We, yes. we Started out in that game, we were, we should have. I don't care. I, forget being diplomat. We should have killed that team. We spotted them twenty-one. And then I, we can't even get mad about spotting them 21 because Emmett fumbled, they took it back for a touchdown. And Troy threw it and they took it back for a touchdown. What's going on here? No, Michael, I fumbled, they took it back for a <laughs> touchdown. They went 21 0, and it was our fault. So I'm like, mm, what's going on here? You know? So that was, that was quite a game. Yeah. But, but out of all of it, that game with Barry there on the sideline, you can say what you will, I, I, I've been in a lot of games, where we fought a lot of games. We didn't fight in no game like we fought like that. Mm-hmm. We fought to come back in that game. Oh. We wanted to win that game. I enjoyed that game, That's why, even I won- though it ended
2: up not like we wanted. That's one it. of my favorite games. I mean, people ask me all the time about one of the greatest moments in playing professional football. That is one of the greatest moments because, to me, that's when the soul of the game truly came out out of, out of every player on our ball club. Uh, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about the past Super Bowls. It was about the fight not right. to lose, and I appreciated that more than anything. It hurt like hell to lose, but that fight, I would never, ever forget the, the look, the heart, the sweat, the tears of every man on that football field because that, to me, is what the soul of the game was all about.
0: Last so. question for you guys. The current state of the Dallas Cowboys, how do you feel the current state of the Dallas Cowboys is the direction of the team and where you think it is headed, Emmitt?
2: I think Jason Garrett is the guy for this team. I really do believe that in my heart. I think Jason is trying to implement some of the things that uh, we learned from Jimmy. Uh, Unfortunately, he can't do it all because of the rule changes themselves have limited the ability to do certain things. But I also believe that he has a talented enough offense right now in terms of the wide receiver core. No disrespect to us three, but I think when you look at the overall uh, core uh, I think they're probably more balanced there. I mean, with wide receivers from Miles Austin to Des Bryant and, and Jason Witten and, 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 and some others. But then when you look at the running back core, I mean, they have two good guys, very good guys. And either one of them can can shoulder the load and shoulder the burden at any point in time. Now, do we need Felix Jones to step up? Because we know DeMarco Merrick can, can make it happen. We need Felix to step up a little bit. That's a true statement. But uh, at the end of the day, Tony Romo is the guy, and I think he should be the guy for this ball club for a long time, I like the way he has matured into the position. Defensively, we went out there and we got some guys, so I feel very good about our ball club. I really do. Not I notice, I say our. ball I club. saw I heard <laughs> it. I heard it. I mean, many people don't think I think of it still as our ball club. It is our ball club, and and I feel good about where we are. I think I saw them last week out there at uh, many camps, uh, uh, throwing the ball around. I was very impressed with what they were doing, and uh, I know they're working hard. Uh, we just need a little need the ball to bounce our way a little bit. Troy, your thoughts?
1: You know, I think the I think the Cowboys are, uh, you know, as talented as as just about any team in the league, and uh, I know that to win, you've got to have a, a great quarterback, and I, and I believe that Tony Romo is that, and and I know what the criticisms are. I know that he has to, to win in January before you know people really put him in the elite status. But until you do that, there's always going to be those questions, and. You know, he had a great year last year. I think that's the concerning thing to me is that you think about how good he played last year, and yet it still wasn't good enough for this team to make the playoffs. That's that's a concern. But you know, for me, getting an opportunity to go around the league and cover the top teams in the NFC, uh, you know, I have I have something to compare it with. And and the Giants, with three weeks left in the season, nobody would have nobody even thought they were going to make the playoffs, and they hit it at the right time and got to playing good and you know gain some confidence and they go on to win the Super Bowl well you know when you look back on that season you fail to remember that you know they they really struggled for a good part of that year and and the Cowboys had they have won the last game of the season against the Giants then they would have been in the playoffs now I don't know that they would have gone on and won the Super Bowl but that's how fine you know the line is between winning and losing and winning a Super Bowl you know in this league and so for the Cowboys, if you look at the total picture, you know one playoff win and however many years that it's been, not real good. But I do, as Emmett said, agree that that I think Jason Garrett is the right guy. Um, now he's got to win. There's a lot of pressure on him, and I think that they have some things in place. We seem to say this every year, but I expect them to have a really good year. Yeah, but but
3: you know, and the guys in Jason Garrett and Tony Romo have been doing a wonderful job. Putting up offensive numbers, Rich. Wonderful job. The Cowboys addressed what they needed to address in this draft, and that's get somebody that can make plays to put points on the board on defense. If you look at the Cowboys over the last few years, offensively they've been doing enough to get in the playoffs and win playoff games. Just like the Giants were doing good on offense, but that defense really came together. And Dallas defense needs to come together at the right time. You got guys now get to the quarterback and you finally got somebody that can make a play on the ball and take the ball back the other way. And I think that's what they've been missing the last few years. They just haven't had interceptions and turnovers from that secondary where they can go back and help with the help the offense put points on the board. That's the bottom line.
0: And I hear the crowd getting louder outside, which means it's a party about to be starting at dinner for me to host and for you to enjoy with your family, everybody here for your charity work. Um, thanks, guys, for sitting down on the podcast. Really Thank appreciate you. it. That's no. Michael Irvin. That's Troy Aikman. That's Emmett Smith. That's the triplets. And you are Here. Rich Eisen signing off. This <laughs> podcast. It says it right there. That's right there. It says right it right there. There. right there. Thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank
1: you. Stay
2: listening. Your friends.